Today on the podcast, we're talking about next generation discipleship with Pastor Joshua Tompkins, the next generation pastor here at Crossgate. How's it going, Josh? It's going good, and I'm glad to be here, Pastor Keith. Yeah, glad to have you on this beautiful fall day here in Arkansas that really feels like summer. Right, 92 degrees. That's that's how I picture fall. <laughs> yeah, especially being from Arizona. So uh, I see that you brought your jacket with you today. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I, I got to prepare for these things. Exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of Arizona, um, I know that you were elated over the weekend as your Cardinals pulled out a upset win over Pastor Rob's beloved Cowboys. Correct. Um, and I noticed that you were rubbing that in a little bit. Uh, I mean, well. I really only have uh, very few opportunities to take joy in those types of victories, uh, speaking as a Cardinals fan, so I have to use every opportunity presented to me. You know, I have never actually met an Arizona Cardinals fan until now, so I'm glad that they do exist. What's funny is if you go to an Arizona Cardinals game in Arizona, you will still probably not find an Arizona Cardinals (laughs) fan. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, we are certainly uh, grateful to have you on the podcast today as we talk about making more and better disciples in the next generation. Now, Last week, we talked with Pastor Rob about multi-generational discipleship, and we kind of hit on some of the topics, uh, these topics of how to invest in the next generation. But as our next-gen pastor, you've got uh, a lot of experience uh, that we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do as the next-gen pastor here at Crossgate? Do you just play games all day? Yeah, I mean, fueled by uh, Mountain Dew and Taco Bell is uh, generally what people assume. But no, it, champions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, so as Next Generation Pastor, I oversee, uh, as I've often referred to it, um, from the cradle to college. So I work with a team that helps facilitate uh, preschool all the way up till college age students. And I, I hone in on particularly our youth and college, so I spend a lot of my time uh, with students in 7th through 12th grade, and then um, do some discipling and stuff with students that are in college. Awesome. And you have been in the student ministry realm for quite some time, right? What's your experience working with students? Yeah, this is actually going on my 20th year in uh, youth ministry. So it started off, um, I spent several years at a church plant where I was first introduced into youth ministry and stayed there for several years, building a youth ministry at an inner city church in Phoenix, Arizona. And then from there, around the time I got married, um, was a pastor at a kind of a rural but growing suburb church in a place called Levine, Arizona, which is now Levine Baptist Church, and uh, spent 10 years of ministry there. And that's really where I grew up. Um, learning how to be a youth pastor while being a youth pastor at the same time. Uh, And then my prior church uh, was at Hillside Baptist Church, also in Arizona, and I served as the associate pastor there, but again, kind of specified in on youth and admissions and all sorts of other stuff, and that brings me to Crossgate. Well, awesome. We are certainly glad to have you here at Crossgate, and as we mentioned Our purpose here at CrossGate is to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ, hence the name of this podcast, the More and Better Disciples 
podcast. Um, but it sounds like you and your team are on the front lines of doing just that uh, in the next generation. So mm-hmm. what uh, what is the most rewarding part for you when it comes to discipling the next generation? Yeah, and that's a fun question because there are, when I think back to what has been really and truly rewarding for me, it, it can sometimes vary. I think in general, it's I, I see God at work and then I, I feel that personal kind of sense of reward when teenagers are experiencing that aha moment. You know, like after three years of me preaching and teaching in a certain way, there's that reality that finally sinks in and they get it and it clicks. And then you see students really take off with their own faith. I mean, one, one example is I have a student who, um, solid, faithful student, growing in to be a strong leader within our group, um, and he has recently started inviting friends. And for a while, this has been a struggle for him. And But very recently, he has just made an extra point to invite his friends to church. And he was talking to his parents, and his parents relayed this information to me, where they said his exact quote was like, you know, it gets really easy after the first time you do it. And it's such a simple phrase, but to see his excitement now as he's bringing more and more friends, and those friends are starting to actually invite others. And so it's moments like that where, man, that is so rewarding because I'm looking at a student who who gets it, who has finally received kind of that aha moment, and now the teaching that he's been receiving on Sundays and Wednesday is now really blending in with real life application and he's taking that um, and making more and better disciples for Jesus. That is awesome, and it sounds extremely rewarding, um, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You mentioned that that aha moment um, was after three years of yes. your, your <laughs> preaching and teaching, so I imagine that within that there were probably some challenges, some frustrations. So what are some of the unique challenges that often come with discipling the next generation? I heard something about you being held at gunpoint at one, at one point. <laughs> That's uh yeah yeah that that happened a while ago, uh, but I would okay. So if we're talking about challenges for the next generation, or at least challenges that we're seeing in youth ministry now, um, it's changed. I mean, after being 20, 20 years in the youth ministry, I've seen a pretty large shift. Like it used to be, man. For instance, if I were to say we're planning a, a turnaround trip to Six Flags, I, I could fill a bus up overnight. Uh, with teenagers. But now, if I were to do that same pitch and do that same deal, it would be like pulling teeth uh, to get students to go to something like that. And so one, I think the culture has shifted for our teenagers. One of the unique challenges were um, these large events are not really the draw for this next generation. They're um, They're not in it for the show. Uh, they they can tell very easily what is fake versus what is genuine. Um, they're not looking to be pitched to. Um, and I think, um, especially because of the culture today, they want to feel like they're more a part of something, that there is genuine community. And so what I've seen work is kind of a flip from large event-style youth ministry to more smaller, intimate gatherings, 
it's not to say there's not a place for large group settings, but what draws them is that there's a deeper level of community. So that, that was kind of one initial challenge. Another one is technology, for sure, and we've talked about this with Pastor Phil, um, you know, messages from the pulpit that with growing technology, we've seen a seismic shift in how teenagers think about themselves, how they think about the world, how they uh, retain information. All of that has changed. That's presented um, a particular challenge. It's it's very often now that I'm approached with a teenager about something that they've seen on TikTok or you know Instagram or Snap. Uh, about really bad theology that they've seen or something that a friend has posted, and they're like, hey, is this true? Or in a lot of cases, they've already received it as truth, and uh, they're not really questioning it until it's kind of significantly down the road. So it's it's training this just this next generation on, you know, what is truth. And then lastly, I would say, and you actually touched on this this past week in your sermon, is... What Jesus are you following? Um, a lot of students and a lot of families are following a Jesus that really just fits their schedule, um, you know. And it's it's that's been one of the toughest challenges, not just the teenager in particular, but it's the whole family that has bought into kind of a westernized lie of Jesus is really about submitting to your needs. It's not about you submitting to his authority. Mm, that's really good. Um, and certainly are some unique uh, challenges um, when it comes to the next generation. Now, as a follow-up question, this isn't necessarily in the notes, but you mentioned this, um, this challenge of truth and what is true. You know, one of the questions that we ask here all the time at Crossgate is, what does the Bible say? Um, growing up, you know, for me, I just... It seems like there was a general acceptance that whatever the Bible says, that that's true. And so if someone showed me, okay, this is what the Bible says, then I accepted that as truth. But it seems like more and more we're getting away even from the acceptance that what the Bible has to say is true. Do you feel like that's an area where you're having to uh, fight for the truth and authority of the Scriptures? You know, I could see that, but I think for... For authentic seekers of truth, it's led to more genuine discussion. So for a lot of teenagers, the conversation has been, like when we say that, you know, well, what does the Bible say? It's also important for them to understand the why. Well, why does it say that? And building the historical background to it, um, why, why the biblical authors came to that conclusion, why the Spirit works in that way. And so it's led to deeper discussions of, yes, we can acknowledge that the Bible is true, but I also want to provide you for why we believe that it is true, not just a base level of accepting Pastor Josh's words, but I want to give you the reason why Pastor Josh even believes that. So giving a more of a background... And um, I do believe students hunger for that. And it's sometimes it is challenging because it's kind of like that, you know, when you have like a two or three-year-old and you're like, hey, we're, we can't go to the park today. Well, why? Well, you know, the why, why, why? A lot of times it sounds very similar like that, but for a lot of these teenagers, it's a genuine question. Okay, well, if the Bible says that, well, why? I want, I want deeper explanations. And so we're able to lean into that a lot more. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned that it's important to know not just what we believe, but why we believe it. And that is a great uh, segue for me to just tell our listeners that we, we've got a series coming up here at Crossgate called We Believe, right. um, where we're going to go through some of those things that we believe and why we believe them. And we'll be following up with each of those messages here on the podcast and kind of digging deeper um, into that series. And so I'm really, really looking forward to that. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, so we talked about some of the challenges that can come with Disciple the Next Generation. What would you say are some keys to success? Maybe for someone who's listening, who has a student um, or some younger kids that they're trying to disciple, um, or someone who just has a desire to, to be an influence in a student's life, what are some keys to success? Yeah, I would say, of course, you always want to start off with a foundation of prayer. Uh, the parents, youth workers, and even for myself, the ones that I've seen last and truly succeed um, have been those that have had a foundation of prayer, um, because they they truly understand that you know a lot of stuff is in God's hands and not in my own, and so they're able to really relinquish a lot of that anxiety, a lot of that stress. Uh, they're really able to give that to God. So first off, if you're not praying, then you have to start right there. The second one is patience, um, that you have to have patience when discipling the next generation, because it's it's easy, especially as we get older, to want the next generation, to want our kids, our teenagers to to kind of get it faster, you know, because we do have a very microwave society. If I just told it told you this, I just explained it to you, so do it now. And that's not often the case when it comes to discipleship with next gen, is a lot of them, they want to strive out for themselves, they want to learn on their own, they're going to make mistakes. So it's learning to have a great measure of patience as you lovingly not only present the truth, but live out the truth and try to see them apply it in their lives as well. And then lastly, it kind of goes hand to hand with the patience is, is to be truly flexible. You know, I, I grew up in ministry with kind of that context of like, there will never be a cell phone in any youth room kind of a thing. Well, if, if I were to really hold fast to that, it would probably be a detriment to my youth ministry today. When I started to realize that cell phones weren't, were not just a tool, but they were basically an extension of teenagers, I had to, I had to start pivoting and I, start had, I, I, I had to start asking questions on, is this what's good for the culture? Is this what's good for my group currently? Is this pointing them closer to Jesus or am I just neglecting this because of my own pride? When I started realizing it's my own pride, well, I need to be flexible. How can we meet halfway? So yes, it's not appropriate to be texting during the biblical discussion. It's not appropriate to be, uh, you know, doing your be real during worship. But here are ways that we can use technology to our advantage, and here's how we can also help teach students how to have appropriate boundaries with technology. Once we did that, we saw a lot more students start coming and, and not having such a negative environment. Not that we ever truly did, but there's just that tension that kind of exists there at times. So you have to be flexible. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is that you have to be willing in, in some sense to kind of meet them where they are. Exactly. Um, instead of saying, well, you have to get up on my level. Um, we know we have to be able to meet them where they are if we want to reach them. 
And that's what I, I strive to teach my adults all the time is we have to remember that they are teenagers. So I expect them to respond as teenagers. And there's a lot of times, especially as a parent, it's sometimes I realize my expectations to how my own children or students, uh, how I want them to respond is how I, I would expect an adult to respond. So I have to kind of pull myself back. Remember, like when I'm talking about 15, 16, 17, even 18 year old, like I, I should expect that level of response back. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. All right. So what would you say to someone who maybe they have been um, down this road uh, for three, four, five years or more, and they haven't had that aha moment, Mm -hmm. um, and they're a little frustrated, or someone who is thinking, you know, I can't invest in the next generation because of X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, What encouragement would you give to them? So I would say to person to the first person, like, hey, I've been doing this three to four years and I don't see any, I don't see any change. Right. I, I would lean a little on that person with, well, was your expectation that you were their personal Messiah or their personal Jesus that you would bring change? Or did you realize that it's really we're just pointing them to the person that can uh, bring change to their life. Once I started realizing, especially in youth ministry, that I was not Jesus, I was not Messiah, I cannot change you, I cannot fix you. All I can do is point you to the person who's can't to the person who can. Um, it took such a great weight off of my ministry and my expectation for myself. And so for that person, it's well, what did Jesus do when the disciples? weren't necessarily following what he was saying. You know, how how did the Spirit, how did Jesus respond when we're looking at the early church? Like, did he give up on us just in a matter of a few short years, or was he continually persistent with his gentle love? And that's the reality, is that he is. And so I, I feel like, especially for youth workers, that's that's the same call for us, is I may invest six years in a student's life, and I might not see that change, but I have no idea how Jesus is going to work in the life of that person. And so maybe 10 years down the road, um, that's when that fruit will start to grow. But I have no control over that. I just entrust that to Jesus. And to the, to the person who says, well, I just, I just simply don't have the time. And uh, again, I would lean on what you communicated this past Sunday, Keith, is a lot of times it comes down to, well, what are our priorities? We really have time for anything. It's just if we prioritize the time to make it happen. But I would add on that that there's a lot of times where I'm not really doing anything extra in these discipleship moments. Like a lot of times we have a beautiful disc golf course here at Crossgate now. And so a lot of times it's like, hey, I'm going to go throw a couple of discs. Why don't you come with me? And then we end up talking about life. We end up talk like praying for each other. We end up doing these things that and I'm doing the same exact things. So a lot of times I think we, we try to over-romanticize what discipleship is of like, oh, it's always got to be in this super spiritual place and it's going to take hours. And it's like, well, really, a lot of times discipleship is we're just doing the everyday kind of mundane things, just sharing in life. Um, but when we do that, we encourage one another to grow deeper in Christ and who He is. 
And so if you don't have time, well, then what, what can a teenager do to join with? Can they go shopping with you? Uh, can they go to the movies with you? Like something you're already doing, can they join in with you doing that? Yeah, I love that concept. And it reminds me of uh, one of the things that we're doing here at Crossgate called Life Plus. And Man, I'm just plugging you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We didn't even plan this. Uh, but the whole concept there is instead of having to have this elaborate program, um, it's like figure out the things that you're already doing in your life and right. just bring some people along with you. Um, it sounds like you're saying the same thing about the next generation is how can I incorporate discipleship into my everyday um, in as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of a book, um, I know Matt Chandler was one of the co-authors um, called Family Discipleship, and that's what he talks about is uh, specifically when discipling your children, um, that discipleship is done in time, moments, and milestones. Yeah. Um, so intentional time spent together, um, taking advantage of even the small teachable moments um, and then, you know, uh, making a big deal out of milestones, whether that's 16 or 18 or, you know, yeah. things like that. And that's like after every, after every Wednesday, um, I have in generally opportunity to take my daughter. Normally my son comes, uh, take a couple of the kids home after I've locked up everything. And those poor pastor kids, like they, they know how to shut off every light and close every door. Uh, but they do it with joy and they come with me. And so some of some of my deeper discipleship moments have just been that drive home. You know, what did you learn today? Uh, you know, my, my oldest daughter opening up about like, oh, well, you know, there's this drama over here or this person. And it's like, okay, well, I can have that conversation. And a lot of times our deeper, our deeper talks are just driving back home. Again, very mundane. But when I think about it, it's like, man, she she's opening up and talking about what's important to her. So I should be utilizing this to point her to Christ. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Well, we're almost out of time for today, but if somebody's listened to this, Josh, and they're saying, okay, I want to get involved in discipling the next generation at Crossgate, what opportunities exist and what are some next steps they could take? Man, there are opportunities abounding (laughs) in Next Steps ministry. So, I mean, I tell people we're looking not for volunteers, we're looking for those who are called, like you want to serve and to have an impact on the life of a kid. And so we have, we still have opportunities in preschool with our preschool director, Jessica Bailey, who is amazing, uh, opportunities to really be the, the, the baby steps of, of that journey. Uh, Daniel Rima, our children's director, still has opportunity to serve uh, Sundays and Wednesdays working with our elementary school kids. And then certainly, yeah, there's opportunity to serve in youth as we're still looking for uh, teachers to be there Sunday mornings, um, Wednesdays to run our discussion tables, uh, as well as just be at various events and college that we need adults to invest in the lives of our college students as well. So, man, there are tons of opportunities. And if someone's interested to just reach out to me, quick email joshua at crossgate.org and I would love to respond and just get lunch and start talk, start, start, start discussing about next-gen opportunities with you. There you go, folks. You heard it first here, lunch on Pastor Joshua. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, at thank, Chick-fil-A. At Chick-fil-A, <laughs> when they reopen. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for your time today, Pastor Josh. We yeah, of uh, course. really enjoyed the conversation and uh, hope that... Um, this will just inspire folks to um, just get in the game of discipling the next generation. 
here at Crossgate Church. Hope you have a great day, and we will see everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.